3: All
0: I ever wanted was a love. I want true romance. It's true.
1: Hello,
4: and welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. This is Devin Leary. First things first, let's talk about Julia Fox and Kanye West. Now, they've had two dates that we know of. But I've never seen a couple or I guess a female and a couple care more about making it public. She's given two interviews about it, and it's just this windswept romance. Now, what Devin and I have deemed about Julia Fox is that she is, in fact, the hottest woman alive
5: currently. I mean, we don't have to dig deep on this one. I remember when we did have to dig deep on Bennifer and really ask ourselves, like, is this real? This romance, for me, not feeling the need to dig deep to say this is not a real romance. (laughs) It's more of a setup for publicity. They literally had a magazine come photograph their date, and it's a clear, pointed message to Kim. That's true. She's getting serious
4: with Pete. He needed to do something about that. Julia Fox, I am happy for her, regardless of. The authenticity of this relationship. She has been through a lot. Devin pointed me one night to her Instagram stories where she was basically talking about how awful her uh, baby daddy is. And it seemed really bad. He seems uh, like a very sick person. And she seems like very much a single mom. So the fact that she now has Kanye West filling a hotel suite with clothing for her, I, she deserves I love that. It. She deserves it. She deserves this um, moment in the sun, and um, I'm very happy for her. And and whether real or fake, I would be happy if I went into a hotel room and a man had filled it with clothes, but not Kanye West because our clothing tastes do not match.
5: Yeah, like, he's wearing like fisherman boots in the pictures with her.
4: <laughs> I liked when uh, Kim Kardashian on one episode of Keeping Up is saying that Chloe and Courtney are dressing so badly that it's making her physically sick and courtney is like well at least i don't look like i'm going to bike the tour de france because kim is always wearing like yeezy like bike shorts and like bodysuits
5: yeah i mean i also think it's important to note that this romance is a victory for the stan community first of all i can easily see kim and kanye a couple years ago watching uncut gems and kanye saying Julia Fox is beautiful, or Kim saying she was somehow jealous of her and Kanye remembering that and then reaching out to Julia Fox I agree. like, hey. But Julia Fox has said on her own podcast that she wishes was true romance that um she's a huge fan of keeping up with the Kardashians and has watched it like her whole life. We know she's probably seen all the Kanye episodes. So for those of us who watch these shows, we watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We wish we could have a romance like Kyle and Mauricio. And then the idea That's that, true. that this person actually successfully like inserted herself into the world of keeping up with the Kardashians. Like It's like if I suddenly woke up in Albuquerque, New Mexico... After binging Better Call Saul, it's like she really did it. And I think that that is admirable.
4: Well, she's also pretty messy, which I appreciate. And it makes me miss old keeping up. Like she reposted a piece of the interview magazine article where her friend is quoted saying Julia is cooler than Kanye, Kim and Pete combined.
5: I'm like, you're reposting that you're all right. All right. I mean, yeah. She's very unfiltered on Instagram, which I do appreciate. The night that she was posting about her ex, she was kind of like live feeding this breakup. Um, Or I guess they had already broken up, but she was live feeding all this stuff about her ex. And it was one of those moments where you're just like, okay, I have to screenshot every second because this could go away. Like most public figures... We'll have a good night's sleep the next morning. They're like, fuck, let me take all of this down as soon as humanly possible. She did not do that. I screenshotted and it was useless because she just left it up anyway. That
4: is the case. And I'm, again, I'm I'm happy for her. We are going to be right back with some real housewives. And this time we're going to a little town called Potomac where there are rules, there are customs and you have to behave yourself. Please stay tuned.
6: I want true romance.
0: Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series
6: Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up.
2: <laughs> you couldn't believe it.
3: From iHeart Podcasts.
5: we're back with true romance we are talking real housewives today so this week is the second episode in our series that we're calling reality romance and this week's reality romance world is a little place called potomac as carolina mentioned if you are like me when you first saw the trailers for a new real housewives franchise that you knew obviously you were going to have to watch You probably hadn't even heard of Potomac. I hadn't heard of it. And it was to the extent that I didn't even watch the premiere right away because I was like, I don't even know what Potomac is. Like, what? And the truth is, as real DMV, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia residents will tell you, a lot of the characters of Real Housewives of Potomac don't actually live in Potomac proper I think they kind of live all over the place. Candace, I know, lives in somewhere in Virginia. I know that Ashley and Michael, I think, live in D.C. And then there's characters this new most recent season that live in Baltimore. They're just kind of it should be a real housewives of the DMV. But we all know that wouldn't be a super attractive title.
4: Can I just interrupt to say that at one point, Monique, a cast member on Potomac, says that she does a lot of charity work with the DMV. And I did not know um, that the DMV referred to location. And I thought she did charity work with the actual DMV. Trying to help the lines shorten. (laughs) I was like, what kind of charity work do people do with the DMV? And then I was like, I guess her driving drunk really would affect
5: that. That's really crazy. That was crazy when she drove drunk. I forgot about that. So there's a lot of fascinating romances in this world, and I think we would be very remiss not to start with a couple called Ashley and Michael. So you do
4: not have to be a frequent watcher of Potomac to appreciate this. I was not a frequent watcher of Potomac. Um, Devin gave me what I would call a college-level syllabus to get through. I got through most of it. But I will say Potomac was so refreshing based off of the fact that I'd just been watching some Beverly Hills. Potomac is much more entertaining, much more real, much less superficial. And uh, I think you're right. Let's begin with Ashley and Michael. Ashley is, I want to say, younger than us. I think she's like 26. At the time of the first season, she was 26. Yeah. And she is married to a 55-year-old bald man And I'm saying bald to just give you a picture uh, named Michael, who's from Australia. I think, and I know, Devin, you'll agree with me, bald men are really hot, actually. And I've always been a fan of older men. People understand that um, John Slattery is someone who really affects me. But this
5: guy does not do it for me. And Ashley is perfect looking. Well, there's a lot of bald men in this franchise, and a lot of them are attractive. But... Michael is simply the worst human being I've ever had to look at on a television screen. And he is, to me, repulsive in every single way. There's not a single factor. Like, it's like, okay, you have PK from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Physically, on first glance, absolutely not. But he is charming, funny, charismatic and a little bit shady, which are all kind of attractive qualities to someone who has deep seated issues like me. And, you know, so that's fine. It's like, Michael, he doesn't have any of the things. I actually think if he had a good personality, he could be attractive. It's like his personality contorts his facial features. And when they do like weird sex scenes, which they weirdly do multiple times throughout the seasons, like she'll be like, I'm trying to spice things up with Michael. And so I have like strawberries and whipped cream. I have to turn the the show off. I have to fast forward. I can't look at it. It's like so gross to me.
4: That I've I've met couples like this before where the girl is so hot and openly talking about uh, like this girl I knew in New York was dating this guy who was just objectively not that attractive. He was really funny. So I got that, but she was like, it could have been Miss USA. And she was like, Oh yeah, I love 69. And she was like, when we don't have sex more than one day, I have to ask if something's wrong. And Ashley has similar energy where She'll visit Michael in his office and be like, why are you holding out on me sexually? Are you just
5: trying to hurt me? And I'm like, what is this? The upside down world. She's beautiful. She's in incredible shape. She's very kind and compassionate. She's really like funny and smart. And she's the whole package. But It's interesting because when I first watched the show, I think I didn't like her by association. Like I was like, okay, something's wrong with you because she defended Michael so intensely. And then like in later seasons when he actually was accused of sexual assault by a crew member of the show. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Yeah, you didn't get there yet. Again, I think I said last week when subtitles are shown, the real shit is happening. And this was a part of the transition towards breaking the fourth... Like, there's just a lot more breaking the fourth wall than there used to be. I think that's the level of drama that's, like, required now. But anyway, basically, I believe it was at a party that Monique was holding at her house. Michael got drunk. He's also a raging alcoholic, as you will easily see if you watch, like, the first five episodes of the show. He gets drunk, and he grabs a... I think it was a camera operator's but and it was caught on tape there was footage of him doing it and you can hear the guy says like don't do that man don't do that and he says okay okay like basically the footage is very damning because you can hear him saying like okay he knows he did it and so Ashley defended him after that and I really like struggled because I was like how could you defend him like this is crossing over into territory where it's like The person you're with is a predator. How are you defending this? However, having rewatched the whole show recently, which I did for comfort reasons, it might be hard for you listening after me just saying that, you know, (laughs) there was harassment and abuse and I'm saying I watch it for comfort, but I rewatched it during the pandemic. And I feel like Ashley comes from such a turbulent history. Like her dad left her. He didn't ever want to see her again. Her mom clearly has financial issues and is financially dependent on her. And so Ashley kind of stepped into this arrangement and she almost talks about it that way. She talks about the prenup and the postnup and updating the terms. And like, it's like a business contract. And yes, she pretends that they're in love, but she wanted to be a mom. She had two kids with this person. And I feel like she's trapped by him in a lot of ways. She's trapped by him because I know that she makes a lot of money from the show now, but now she has two kids. She has to be able to support herself. And it's later revealed that he allows her to like, they basically have an open marriage from what I understand. So to me, it's like, okay, this person financially supports her. She doesn't really have a backup plan until this show, but she's now allowed to like sleep with whoever she wants. And she has these two kids and maybe she just wants to live in a family with someone because she didn't have that. I basically have a whole new like understanding for her situation and I feel bad for her in a lot of ways and I understand her in a lot of ways and I love her. Now I'm like an Ashley stan. I appreciate her honesty.
4: She has incredible candor when speaking about her relationship for the most part from what I've seen. For instance, they are partners in a restaurant together and Ashley and Michael have the craziest fights and then when she's talking about it in her one-on-ones She's like, so Michael told me he put all my dresses out on the couch and told me to get out of the house and not let the doorknob hit me. And that really upset me. Like she just says it like that. And what I like about that is that it obviously implies that she's not completely internalizing his behavior. And that's something that I think is really important for me. And I'm going to throw a blanket statement and say for most women to say a man's behavior has nothing to do with you. That doesn't mean that you should be with him, certainly, but it means that you should not internalize that to measure your own self-worth. And so when Michael freaks out at her, she does not care. And when they're partners in the restaurant together, what I thought was really interesting was she said, he does not think of me as a partner because he makes more money than me. And so there's always going to be a power imbalance in this relationship and I have never thought about it so clearly. Like, oh, right. There's always going to be a power imbalance in this relationship because he doesn't see you as a true partner.
5: Yeah. And I also think that, like, those fights they had about the restaurant, she was right. I remember him saying, like, the dishes had to be more expensive and, like, it had to be, like, this premium, like, wagyu beef and stuff. Ugh. And she she was basically saying, like, we need to make this, like, approachable for, you know, every the every person And I think that's especially true for this very specific genre of restaurants that has sprung up, which is Bravo Liberty owned restaurants, because the people who go to them, like the reason why Lisa Vanderpump has opened like 16 bars and every member of Vanderpump Rules like has their own bar and restaurant now (laughs) is because the fans will go like the fans go. It's like a tourist attraction The fans go to the restaurants that these people open. So they do have to be accessible. I mean, we're Bravo fans. We're not like looking to buy a $42 steak. He was serving kangaroo and emu,
4: folks. And that's one of the things that uh, Giselle shouted as she was fighting with Ashley and left the restaurant was like, okay, people are eating emu here. Like, this is not the place. I mean, I love the other women's reactions to Michael, for instance, when Michael does what in the Real Housewives franchise is a huge mistake where he shows up on a girl's trip. I mean, I think this is so funny because I feel like, Devin, if you and I were away with some girls and a guy showed up, I feel like we'd be like, oh, hey, oh, someone's boyfriend came. Like, I hope you I can would hang. not be like that. OK, <laughs> <laughs> Devin has been raised by the Real Housewives franchise, and uh, no,
5: I no, I just think it's weird. I think it's funny that you were like, "Oh, hey, so what's boyfriend showed up?" Like, no, I would be like, "A weird. boy, that's weird." Uh, like, why is he there? Why would he want to come? It's the one time I've ever agreed with Ramona. Probably there's probably a few times actually. I think a few times I've agreed with Ramona, and I'm horrified to say that. But when when Simon and Reed interrupted girls nights and girls trips, she would say like. The vibe is not the same. It makes me uncomfortable. Like we're trying to have like a bonding time. And I totally agree with that. Like if I was on a girl's trip, like to me, that's like staying up late, talking shit, talking about our feelings, talking about our relationships, like diving deep. And if a man is there, you can't have the same level of candor. It's
4: not as fun. Uh, That is what I love about Karen is that she is truly a person that I feel like was missing from my life was Karen Hooger, cast member of Real Housewives of Potomac. And one thing she says, which I will be saying when I feel it instead of hiding it was when Michael comes, she says, I don't feel good. I feel like a victim. I am a victim. (laughs) Which I I just (laughs) love that she says out loud. And Giselle says, he's offending me. He's offending my people. He's offending.
5: They did overreact. They were waiting for a reason to like attack Ashley and Michael. Because I think from the beginning, I think it was clear to them, like, these are going to be the outliers. This couple is fucking weird. What's their deal? And they were like, we're going to have to find an in to make fun of them. And this was their in. Giselle
4: does say Crocodile
5: Dundee has taken it too
4: far. Yeah. And when Karen is upset because Ashley says she doesn't care that the girls are upset that Michael's staying at the house. Karen says, I'm just taking a note to my motherfucking self. And Ashley says, Oh, you won't stay here again? And Karen goes, I don't believe so. Which again, I'm just like, wait, where was Karen my whole life? Like I know. I need this she's commentary. So good. She's like, so good. I really think that she's just a personality that I've been missing. And and I, I kept on wanting to equate her to Lucille Ball in terms yes. of like her reactions. I was like, yes. these are some of the best reactions I've ever seen. And she's so measured, even when she's really
5: upset. Yes, I, I I, totally agree with the Lucille Ball comparison. She's very. But I also think that Giselle is kind of a Lucille Ball. Giselle and Karen both are so funny. And I, I just I couldn't appreciate them more. I do want to agree with something you said earlier, which I forgot to agree with, because I was so triggered by you saying that you would bring a boyfriend to a girl's trip, which is essentially what you said. It is. I really do appreciate the raw reality that Ashley brings to the show. She is working. She is performing. She is bringing us stuff to watch every week. And for that, I will always applaud her. And there are various points in the show where she brings that up. Like she's like, I've never hit anything. I've let everyone in on everything that's going on. And she has. And I think the reason she might be able to do that is because I believe it's an arrangement. And I believe like the fact that she kind of laughs things off sometimes, like they're like, wait, so Michael was caught again with strippers at a bar. And, what, and she's kind of like, Haha, okay. Cause I think she's like, yeah, it's not like the love of her life. Like if Maurizio does... was at a bar, I think Kyle oh, would like have a mental breakdown, but as would America, America would crumble if Maurizio cheated on <laughs> Kyle, but when Michael cheats- it would be
4: our January 6th. <laughs> it would. I do think Ashley really loves him though. I I really do. She she acts way too charmed by him and I mean, for instance, at one point he gets her flowers and after he kicks her out of their home, he gets her flowers and she says, "Oh, babe, you got my favorite flowers." Listeners, they are red roses with the white no. baby breath they are like what you first with see the when white you walk baby by a <laughs> CVS during yes, Valentine's exactly. day week. yeah
5: no and i do think also like she starts to pull away from him and defend him less and almost seem like she could possibly leave him when she has the kids because his fuck-ups start to affect the kids like for instance when she was on a girl's trip And she tried to FaceTime the baby to say goodnight. And Michael wasn't home to FaceTime with her and the baby. Like that is an egregious, egregious cardinal sin. And I think she starts to wake up. That being said, she has another baby with him. So I don't know. I think that happens a lot
4: from what I've read is that women, even when they know that their partner may be insufficient, they want a sibling for their child. And I think that's totally reasonable.
5: Sure. I, I don't do. blame her. Her, I mean, her babies are so cute, so.
4: I, if you're ready, would love to jump to Karen Huger, as I mentioned, a new person in my life that I really appreciate. Jump on in. Now, Karen is married to, as he's frequently referred to, the Black Bill Gates, uh, Ray. and <laughs> Referred to by her, by the way. Referred to by her as the Black Bill Gates. Referred to uh, by Giselle as the broke Black Bill Gates because... Uh, Of course, we do find out via the Washington Post that he owes millions of dollars in taxes. And as Karen later tells to Robin, it's an honor to be mentioned in the institution that is Washington Post, which I was like, that's a way to look at it. Sure. That's a way to look at it. I love Karen. I do not understand their relationship. He seems so different than her. He seems like such a square And it's very much to me an Erica, Jane, Tom Girardi situation. Like, it's a financial arrangement. I don't think they're attracted to each other. But I do love what Karen said, um, and I'm going to take it with me for the rest of my life, where she told Giselle, I believe, if he doesn't ask you where you're going, your marriage is in trouble. That's the way she leaves the house which is that she always has to look good. He always has to ask where she's going.
5: Yeah. When you see pictures of them when they were younger, she is, so. I mean, she's still obviously stunningly beautiful now, but when she was young, she was like, you could tell she was a lot younger than him. And she says that he kind of like took care of her. And I think it was an Erica Jane, Tom Girardi type of thing. But I do think they were attracted to each other at one point. I think in earlier seasons when this you know, owing millions thing happens. She jumps to his defense and she later admits that she loans him money to get out of the hole that he's in and she does everything for him. And then I think he ends up kind of resenting her for that because the most recent seasons we've seen, he kind of starts being cold to her. He says he doesn't know if he loves her anymore. Like, I think he resents that he had to compromise his toxic masculinity somehow by... Receiving money from her, and I think it's something that most men have a
4: problem with. Whenever a female helps them, they think it demasculates them, emasculates them. Readers will never know.
5: No, it's emasculate. Yeah.
4: No, we don't know. And I think that's so weird because it's again, it's a power imbalance. Okay, so I have to pretend I'm not helping you. So I have to pretend I'm not putting anything into this relationship that is a performance why can't i just live freely and that 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 also impacts the way i come into my own then i can't be as powerful as i'd like to be what if i'm turned on just as a man is when i get to help the situation what if i find that sexually like empowering which i do
5: by the way i don't but that's cool (laughs) i don't but that's cool all right yeah, no, I I agree. It's it's very old-fashioned and I think also part of it is that she becomes like really successful. She is like probably the most popular character of the franchise. Like she's definitely going to carry on through every season. And so I think he kind of gets intimidated by her success. She's probably carrying most of the financial weight in the couple now. And I know she mentions him being threatened by that, but they did do what some refer to as the kiss of death of the bravo world the most recent season they had a sort of not a vow renewal but like they celebrated their <laughs> their wedding anniversary by like getting married again kind of and i don't know about kiss that of death. i don't know i think that's like a bad sign well kim and kanye did it yeah and they were there like we go. don't want
4: the cameras there because you know and you're like well i guess you could have had them there she did. I I do think she's such a good mom. And I, I I was tearing up a little bit when she was talking to her daughter about the tax situation and basically said, you can't help. I'm going to take care of this. You can pray for your dad and, you know, just be strong for him.
5: Yeah, I think her, her kids are really sweet. And I love her. I always will. She's just an actress. Again, like
4: Ashley, she understands the show. She knows the camera's always on her. She is so I want to say bubbly like it's so effervescent even when she's in the midst of really real drama she always understands that this this is a television show and yeah as we've mentioned with Robin who I would love to go to next she's a little bit more lax she kind of appreciates that the cameras are on her but it's just going to live her life as
5: normal as it is Robin is literally from all of our hometowns like she's just (laughs) someone you know and it's like, oh, you got on the show. Okay. I think she got on the show because she's best friends with Giselle. Giselle is obviously has star. the star quality. Although Giselle is one of those ones who doesn't give up a lot of her own personal life. And that does get called out. And I agree with that. Like she kind of points to other people's personal lives and makes really funny commentary about it. But she doesn't really let the cameras in on her world that much. But... I think she is obviously a star of the show and and her and Robin are best friends and they have like a funny dynamic together and they'll gang up on people sometimes. But Robin The green-eyed bandits. The green-eyed bandits, it's like bandit for this woman, it's a stretch. stretch. I, I don't I don't see her having the energy to even buy the masks that bandits wear when they're fake robbing a bank. So So to give a little background Robin and Juan,
4: her husband, Juan was a basketball player in the NBA. They lost everything in a bad investment. Their house was foreclosed
5: on and they had to downsize. Weird financial scam with a friend. That is still unclear to me. A friend took all their money. But Juan and Robin have this great relationship
4: that really could be the basis for a romantic comedy in that they divorced I believe, as Devin said, he cheated on her, went to Europe. Then he came back and moved back in with her. As Giselle says, we try to get rid of Juan. And where'd he go? He went to the mailbox and then he came back. And so Juan comes back, moves into the house with them. They sleep in the same bed, but they're fully divorced. Yeah. And so as you wrote, Devin, it's a fairy tale we want to believe in, like, this couple that broke each other hearts, a divorced couple, maybe falling in love, getting back together, rebuilding a family. I mean, something that really reminded me of you and I is when we first meet Robin and she's trying on her old wedding dress for Giselle. And mm-hmm. then she just ends up hanging out in her wedding dress and talking to Giselle. <laughs> and Juan comes in. And he's like, what are you wearing? Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm just trying on my wedding dress. You weren't supposed to see this. And he's like, this is crazy. But I was like, <laughs> I actually completely see myself being like, I want to wear this. Okay, what's going on with your love life? And completely forgetting that I'm hanging out my house with my old wedding dress on, like Mrs. Havisham.
5: Well, it's also like they're both so attractive, Juan and Robin. Like they're just. Beautiful it's hard people. not to root for them. Yeah. So you're like, wait, they're sleeping in the same bed at night. Like something is going to happen. She and does then- say, like, and sometimes we have sex. I'm like, how could you not? It's also like that's kind of a dream. Like, I feel like a lot of it is like, she just doesn't want to go out and find like a new relationship. This has been her best friend and basically a part of her family since she was in high school. Like her family took him in and he has such a tragic life story. And like they, they're her family loves him. So it's kind of like, I don't know, that would be so hard. Like she probably can't imagine her life without him. That being said, as much as I want to root for them, he consistently messes it up for me. I'm like, what are you doing? Realize the queen you're with. Realize how much you need to value her. And sometimes I feel like Giselle has some internalized misogyny kind of acting like, well, Robin, you better make this work with Juan because you don't have any other option as opposed to what I think a real friend would do, which is say, like, if he doesn't treat you the way you deserve. exactly, You know, and so...
4: It's hard. What I find interesting about Juan is that
5: he is such a
4: good father. He is such a present father from what I can see. And he is not a present partner. He really ices Robin out. He seems resentful at her. And he's just that distant boyfriend. You know when you meet someone's boyfriend and they're quiet the whole time? And you're like, you should actually make an effort with me. I'm your friend's friend. He kind of seems like that. And... But I can see like there's a scene where he's doing his basketball camp with for kids. And Robin, you can just see, is so attracted to him as anyone would be when some like when a guy is that much of a man. It's so hot. What a good dad he is. And and Robin talks a lot about like how important it is for him because his parents weren't present for him. And like at one point she was like, how are you going to pursue your career as a coach and also coach the kids football team at the same time? And he was like, I'll wake up early. I'll do this. Then when we go on the road, the kids football team, he basically is making sure he can do both. And it's really, really attractive.
5: Yeah, I think they do have like a really good functional co-parenting partnership. But I think one thing that Carolina and I have discussed off the pod is that what we tend to think about in with partners in terms of like having kids is like, would they be a good parent? But Mm -hmm. we less often think about would they be a good co-parent? Like someone can be a great, like, Mm. you know, active, fun, goofy parent playing with the kids, always helpful. And then not check in with your emotional being. Like when you are, have lack of sleep and you're responsible for like two boys becoming good men and they constantly need things like you need someone to be constantly checking in on your emotional well-being how are you doing in recent seasons she's depressed it's the pandemic she's doing homeschooling with them like and he's like why aren't you getting up earlier instead of like are you okay you know so i think he's a great coach and he's a great dad and he's a great friend to her but i don't think he is a great romantic partner and that makes me sad but i i still I don't know. We'll see what next season brings. I think that they've come forward and said some of their stuff has been like edited to appear more dramatic in their relationship than it actually was. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe Robin is just afraid to ever be with someone who's not her high school sweetheart. I appreciate
4: that. I can't imagine being with someone for that long. Like At that point, it's like, no, we can't ever break up. You are the love of my life, whether you know, you'd like to be or not. I mean that when you spend that much time with someone that, that is often what I think it's like, you are the partner I've had for most of my life. I'm bonded to you, whether I'd like to be or not. And I do love watching Giselle and Juan talk because uh, Giselle obviously has so much resentment at him being Robin's best friend. And Giselle is dating this other basketball player, former NBA player, Sherman, and when she comes over to robin's house i mean god i identified with this she comes over to robin's house she's supposed to be with sherman they're supposed to have a double date and she comes over alone and she's like sherman and i broke up and juan's like well maybe you're being impatient like it takes so longer for guys to commit and she goes we've been together for a year and a half juan And yeah. I obviously thought of you. I thought of me. I was like, this is absolutely the energy I would bring if someone was trying to talk to me about a relationship. And at first, Giselle is all about him. I cannot emphasize how beautiful Giselle is and how average Sherman is. And his name is Sherman. And I know. I'm just like, God, women just get such a fucking raw deal in this life. Um, but she's like, Sherman tore down all my emotional walls and he tore down all my walls, which I was like, okay, we get it. You guys have really good sex. Yeah. But One thing that I loved and I I might get tattooed on my forehead like Amber Rose is when she's explaining to Juan why she's not going to stand for Sherman being so distant, which again, I'm like, okay, so this average guy is telling one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I I just need space because there's a People magazine article about us. Like, give me a break. But Juan says, well, I think you're being impatient And Giselle says, yes, my mother told me I needed to work on patience. But I think I'm going to do that for the next guy. Oh, Juan's still not getting it. So she looks at him and very clearly says, I want what I give. Yep. Listeners, when I say that sentence is how I went to bed last night and it changed my life. Because as a female, we are expected to appreciate less than yep. what we give. We're supposed to give more. We're the caretakers, we're the homemakers. We are supposed to love more. We're lucky if men give us shitty roses from CVS. Like that is a profound thing. Yep. I have cleaned boyfriends' houses without them asking. So that's a little bit on you, but yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying I anticipate. I think about what could make you yep. happy. I and we are told to like be lucky if they acknowledge us with random acts of love when that is what we think about all the time. And so, can we expect what we give? And I think we can, and I think we can ask for it.
6: I want you. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts.
4: I wanted to talk about Chris and Candace because I have a bone to pick with them. What's the bone? Candace is a pageant girl and she's obsessed with her dream wedding, princess ball gown, etc. And she's marrying Chris, who is a restauranter. I guess that's generous. He owns a restaurant. She is obsessed with their wedding they're spending more than a hundred grand on it which know my opinion on that and she cries when she tries on her own wedding dress her mom is literally like why are you crying and she's just (laughs) like freaking out so what i have a problem with and it connects to some current events is that at one point she sits down her mom and she's like i have to tell my mom that chris doesn't have two little kids Like I told him, he also has a 15-year-old son. And the way she describes this is Chris is a 15-year-old son. It's a very emotional, turbulent situation. It's very painful for him, which makes it very painful for me. She makes this child about her, this estranged child that Chris has about her. And it really pisses me off because it brings me to what I've been feeling about the current Tristan Thompson situation. So... Tristan Thompson, as we know, is a, as Giselle puts it, cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater, and has cheated on Chloe multiple times. Most recently, we have found out that he has fathered another child with a personal trainer in Texas. He puts out this statement and says, I'm so sorry for all the people I've embarrassed. I'm sorry for Chloe. I, I am, in fact, you know, the father of this child, et cetera, et cetera. Chloe is posting about people sending her flowers, Scott Disick. There is a child in this world. We have to think about the child. The child comes first. Chloe, you're going to be okay. Tristan, you're going to be okay. Shit happens, but you cannot put your needs above the most vulnerable child who is going to have all of these public records to look back on. It's just this idea of like, that doesn't affect you. I'm sorry. Like you can think, okay, this person has... Quote unquote baggage, they have people they need to attend to, not just me. And women are totally allowed to consider that, but to be in a relationship with someone and to sort of like, she cries telling her mom because she doesn't want her mom to be upset. And her mom is actually great about it. Like, she's like, okay, well, you know, maybe he's not talking to his kid right now, but he should figure out how to build a relationship with him. But it just really upsets me because I'm like, that is a human. That human cannot grow up thinking there's some pocket of shame for their
5: parent. I remember that storyline and thinking, Candace kind of only has the emotional maturity of a 15-year-old. Like, how is she going to be a step-parent? I don't know. I just feel like she almost wishes that wasn't a part of her storyline. She definitely does. She definitely does. And I think that in some ways I don't know about Chris like in some ways I always thought like oh he's so much more mature than her and he kind of puts up with her because she is really demanding Uh, her whole wedding thing I felt like was totally just kind of clueless about you know how there's bigger problems in the world than a wedding or how you're um, spending a down payment on a house on one night
4: that you're going to be stressed out about the whole time
5: Yeah, but in later seasons, first of all, it seems kind of to me like he should be making better financial decisions if he's responsible for three children, because he ends up like leaving the restaurant business to be her manager. Meanwhile, she can't sing. So I think one symptom of narcissism that needs to be added to the DSM is starting a singing career when you can't actually sing, because Luann... From Real Houses of New York. That was a moment when I realized like, okay, this person is a pure narcissist because she's not in on the joke. She's not like, oh my God, I know like I made all this money off like chic Salavi even though like I can't sing. She's like, wow, people are right, finally seeing my talent. And same with Candice. She's a little bit of a better singer than Luann, but she's not great. And Chris gave up his whole life to like be her manager and support her. And like, he's like on her payroll and it's this whole dramatic thing. And... I just don't know about that. He also like is bad at the job. Like he like doesn't show up for like the recording (laughs) sessions. And so that's concerning to me. And I, I did start to be more on Candace's side the most recent season, even though her whole album is like songs about being in a toxic relationship, but then loving the person anyway, which is a little bit like again, 15 year old emotional intelligence. (laughs) Now I'm thinking about Luann and how, when she was in a fight with
4: Bethany she said to Sonia, I'm sorry, does Bethany have a, a serious radio station? Oh, my God. And Sonia goes, no. <laughs> like,
5: confused. <laughs> uh, no, she doesn't need that.
4: Our other couple is Monique and Chris. So Chris is probably the most successful male on the show. He is a former uh, huge football player. He made millions and millions of dollars. They have this huge house. Monique is has a very strong trophy wife energy. Okay, but I need to say this about Chris. I have become a little obsessed with him. Like he's so hot. I know so hot. I just love his energy. He has he has that thing where he doesn't need to like front at all. Like he just seems like a very sweet man. His voice like it's like Gaston on Beauty and the Beast. Like he does. There's something that happens to me when like I see him where I, I found myself resenting Monique. Like, I found myself, like, becoming actively jealous of her because I was like, he just, he seems like he really wants to enjoy her and really, like, cares about their family. He's a present father, but, and he's just, like, like, a big guy. Like, I was just like, how could you walk around with that guy and
5: not feel, like, taken care of? Well, also, when he has moments with, like, the babies like when he because he's so big and his voice is so deep and every once in a while when he like talks to the kids it's so heart-wrenching because you're like wait you're this giant man and i went on her instagram last night to like see what she's up to and it's just a lot of whatever like hawking her essential oil brand but she posted a story of him holding a kitten and he's like oh you're so cute to the kitten and i was like oh my god i love when he talks to little baby things it's so cute Um, I'm just obsessed with him. Yeah. I just love how much he clearly has chosen to devote his life to her. Like he's so obsessed with her. He defends her no matter what. When he came to the reunion and defended her pretty much inexcusable behavior with Candace when they got in the fight, the fight heard around the world and the fight that really, honestly, that season of Potomac was such a gift to us during... The first year of the pandemic, like we were in such darkness and it was the last season of Real Housewives that took place and was filmed entirely before the pandemic. So like there wasn't any of this like watching Ramona take her mask off at the wrong time. It was like they it was before we knew it was like Station Eleven when they do flashbacks to like 10 days before. It's like that's what the whole season of Real Housewives of Potomac was. And it was such a gift. But Monique's behavior was atrocious even though I still kind of sided with her because Candace also had a part but anyway Chris came on the reunion just to defend her and it was like he didn't even have like reasons prepared but he was just like I'm going to be on her side no matter what
4: yeah I mean there is a really funny scene where Chris's mom in again subtitles calls Monique a heifer which yeah. I'm just very I'm like, that is such a generational thing. Like, if you called me that now, I'd be like, what are you talking about? Where did you pull that out of? And Chris stops speaking to his mom. And listen, I if if that was my husband, I would be like, you have to speak to your mom. But you would at least be secure in knowing like, okay, he has my back. Yeah, I think that I think that behavior can save marriages. I really do. If you feel like your husband is choosing anyone, a friend, an ex, a parent, a sibling over you, I think that can destabilize a marriage and it can become irreparable. And I've seen that happen. It's like you have to know that this person is your partner.
5: Yeah, that becomes your family like yes, you have your family you grew up with, but when you're in a partnership in a marriage and especially when you have kids like that's your that's your family now. So that's your core.
4: Well, that's what I thought was so interesting when Monique is explaining this to Ashley because Ashley's hu- husband we have you know establishes awful Michael is telling Ashley you have to cut off your mom and Monique basically sets her down and says, who are you going to choose? your husband or your family?" And Ashley just goes like, wow, like it's really hitting her that she has that choice to make. And it's not that explicit, but it it is. I mean, her mom has been dishonest with her about where she's uh, spending her money that she's giving her. And that's why Michael is telling her to cut her off. And as you've said, her mom is clearly unwell.
5: It is the one time I've agreed with Michael. I will say that.
4: Yeah, it, I I just thought it was interesting, and and again, like you've said about this show, like it really gets into relationship dynamics that are so much more raw than um the other superficial shit we've seen. Like I don't care about Lisa Vanderpump and Ken. I don't care about their living house guest. Yeah. I mean,
5: Kim, you're always oh my god, Cedric! More. I forgot about Cedric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think when Monique started. Opening up about her struggle with Chris that he didn't like ask her how her day was. And it kind of felt like she was the mom of these three kids. And then he would come home and it was like she was kind of taking care of him, too. Like, I felt like that was a really relatable struggle. And I appreciated her like talking about that and talking about wanting to be made to feel special and stuff. Did not particularly agree with her pranking Chris by (laughs) saying she was going into labor and her water broke and then saying just kidding. Not great. Um the idea of being like I'm about to go into premature birth. Psych is insane. To me like not comedy, but I guess to each his own. Yeah, I don't love that energy. I mean,
4: she does have as you said, she gets into blackouts where she has attacked the other girls and threatened them um with physical violence. And I'll just say that when I first saw her smoke cigars with ease, I was a little bit like, huh, okay. I, um, as you know, Devin, have tried to smoke a cigar once and almost threw up. Um, I think it's really embarrassing. The smell is something that, like, I, I cannot stand. And so when I see um, a female who's half my body size smoking a cigar with ease and enjoyment, I think, what's going on here? yeah. She threw up wine in the bushes. <laughs> Wait, listeners. in what episode? In what episode? They're all in a hot tub smoking cigars. And I'm like, wow, she is such a boss. She's just like hanging out in this hot tub smoking cigars. They're away on the trip. And Ashley is later recounting this to Michael about how, you know, Monique might have had too many martinis. That may be why she crashed the car. And when Monique confronts her, Ashley gives one of my other favorite lines in the show, which is make no mistake. I made no mistake. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. She's telling Michael, like, yeah, she threw up in the bushes, like, and the camera cuts to all this like messy wine vomit. I used to drink a lot. I think we've established that throwing up wine is not
5: easy to do. You have to drink a lot. I remember waking up one time and I was like oh there's like blood all over my shirt and my friend was passed out in the bed next to me and she was like oh it's not blood you threw up red wine and I was like oh okay good night back to sleep (laughs) back to sleep gotta recover from this we've all been there I don't know how they do this I mean they don't like she Monique is kind of the only one who gets besides Michael who gets super fucked up on Potomac but like Real Housewives of New York like how do they walk the next day it's like Sonia often looks fresh as a fucking daisy the next day and I'm like the amount of cheap Sauvignon Blanc that they like guzzled how are they alive
4: well I think that both of us have talked about this in terms of both of us being not drinking but we're still like tired a lot of the time like I I I ate last night before bed and I did not sleep well because I ate too late the idea of adding like one beer to that I (laughs) I I just I know I like I don't understand it i know it's uh it's funny. so many people are doing like a dry january right now and i'm like babe i've been doing like a dry decade and yet i still like i wish i could add that to the reasons why i should be getting into better shape but it's just my, my body's used
5: to it now it takes it for granted i always think about now the fact that i used to smoke because I'm so paranoid about like carbon monoxide. I'm always like, does it smell like gas in here? Like, is something going on? And there was a problem with the carbon monoxide monitor at this place I stayed at recently. And I like called my mom freaking out. And she's like, you know, you used to like purposely inhale that, right? (laughs) And I'm like, how did I do that? Like, and also, how did I deal with the fact that I I was just like, yeah, I, I generally just have like a stomach ache every day and like a headache every day because I'm addicted to putting poison in my mouth so anyway i did split
4: a cigarette with someone recently and it was so exciting it felt like high school again like i've been i've parted with cigarettes for years now and so just having a little bit was very like exhilarating didn't it make you feel like lightheaded and gross though um yeah i actually smoked a few later that night um because one is never enough And then when I woke up the next morning, I did think I had COVID and I had to remember that. No, in fact, I smoked a few cigarettes and I, and I forgot that's the result that you do not feel well when you inject poison. And that's actually why I quit smoking, which is so funny. Like it really hit me that it is bad for you. I know. And when you're in a health crisis, like I was at the time, you're, you're constantly focused on healing. What vitamins can I take? I should get acupuncture. What should I put on my skin for scars? And then you find out, how bad cigarettes are for you. And you're like, I'm putting all this money. I'm putting hundreds of dollars towards laser treatments, thousands of dollars after the year to correct scars. And I would do something that would hurt my skin.
5: I know financially. How does that make sense? No, financially it makes no sense. I would say like, I will tell the people of the world, the financially <laughs> smartest decision I've made in the past two years is quitting smoking, quitting juuling. Cause juuling to me was just as expensive as cigarette. And Ugh. you save so much money that you can buy yourself something nice like a lumbar stretcher or a body pillow or fancy, like sugary hair, skin and nails, gummy vitamins. Mm. <laughs> Why not? That? I do eat those like they're candy. Oh, they're so good. I'm looking at a bottle of them right now. They look at it good. I'm looking and I'm liking. I will just say to wrap up the episode The new couple that was added, I guess two new couples were technically added in the most recent season of Potomac, being Ascala and her husband. We all know they're too normal to even talk about. I'm not even going to go there. I'm sorry. She's great. They seem in love, but they're just no drama at all. And then we have um, Mia and G, her husband, who was referred to by... Candace as Captain Savahoe and <laughs> is a much older man. First of all, I love Mia. She grew up in foster care. Her mom's an addict. She has become extremely successful with a chiropractor business. She's raw, she's open, she is down to earth. She seems like a great mom. Love her. But G was so obnoxious and inappropriate on the show that I started to be like Mia really like what's going on here it's very odd she says she met him at a strip club where she was a bartender then slowly it came out like maybe she was a performer at the strip again Erica Jane Tom Girardi type situation I do think that she definitely loves him and is attracted to him I just don't know that I see it he also famously stuck his tongue out (laughs) stuck his tongue out in a in a suggestive way at Karen, which (laughs) truly (laughs) knocked her off her feet.
4: Uh, I am probably going to get off this recording and watch another episode. I also want to do an honorable mention to the first season, a chaotic couple. That was Katie, um, a former model and Andrew, an absolute dwee. But when I first laid my eyes on him, I was like, no, no, simply no. And she's stunning. And And again, she's
5: like waiting for him to commit to her. Exactly.
4: He's saying stuff like she at one point, she was like, Andrew is trying to make it clear. We are not engaged. He has the absolute gall to call Karen Haggard. Who are you, bitch? Who even are you? Where are you from? Nowhere. No, you're disgusting. The golf course. Go back to the golf course. Katie is constantly trying to lock him down. And he even says at one time if you stop bringing this up, we'd be married by now. What is wrong with you? Blackmail. I Emotional
5: blackmail. It's emotional, emotional blackmail.
4: blackmail. And also saying that it's your fault that I'm not committing. Like, yep. you're not good enough. And at one point, I think because of this behavior, they do outrageous PDA. And so they're making out in front of literally the rest of the cast. And Giselle says, Katie, why are you acting like Andrew just got home from war? Like they are literally like groping each other.
5: Yeah, it's uh, Katie is very much. So the Kelly Ben Simone of uh, Potomac, yes. she's so out there. She's but like, she's better not well, than Kelly. Not well, she's not well, but she's better than Kelly because Kelly has this like very unique and deeply, deeply dangerous combination, in uh-huh. her, which is which is incredibly stupid and also insane. And Katie is insane, but not stupid. She's really smart, but she's just so fucking weird. Like when she talks, it's like you're on the wrong show. Like, I feel like you belong on like a show about like philosophy in the galaxy or something. But yet you're like in Portugal with these girls who are taking shots. Like, I'm not sure what's going on.
4: She does do something that I think if it wasn't sincere is really funny where Andrew leaves on a trip without her. And she says to show him not to leave on a trip without her. She takes over his quote unquote office and workout room and changes it into a Mrs. Room, quote unquote, MRS Mrs. I I don't understand. And puts All these framed pictures of them, all of her clothes. It's like a scene from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Like, like, yes, she uh, like a vision board for their uh, upcoming nuptials that do not exist. And you can tell he doesn't even know how to react because it's so crazy. He's like, wow,
5: wow, wow. I know that that was uh, that was a tough scene
4: to watch. For all the effort I put into being sane, I'm like, oh, you can do this. You can just be
5: like, no, I'm off my rocker. I want to marry you. And this is what it looks like. I know. It's so funny. I I thought the same thing rewatching that Tinsley thing where she's like trying on the dress and she's like, OK, Scott, like I don't want him to find out because he doesn't even want to marry me. And I'm like, oh, like interesting. I've been going to like programs and therapy to try to like calm down so i can be in a more enjoyable person to be around and meanwhile this is what is out there yeah
4: <sighs> well thank you Devin, as always for bringing another universe into my life i mean i have been quarantining i do not have covid but i came in contact with someone who does and so i've been in my room for gosh five days now And I've been getting a little crazy. You know me, you know, I love to lie down more than anything. You know, comfort is my number one. I've been in um, some version of a nightgown for, you know, the past two and a half years of the pandemic, but I am getting a little stir crazy. So getting to travel, getting to leave Beverly Hills, because as I said, those cast members I'm getting really sick of and going to Potomac, formerly referred to by me as Potomac, which I still instinctually want to say. Um, It's been a real gift to me during this trying time. And as I said, I will probably um, visit the DMV again today.
5: I am so excited for you to keep watching because it is a rare show that gets better as it goes on, not worse. Like it gets more entertaining. And also because I rewatched it, like watching episodes I had already seen before before recently and I couldn't turn it off like new episodes of shows that were currently on were coming out I don't know what I was watching at the time but like let's say it was Better Call Saul it's like there's a new episode of Better Call Saul and I was like no I'd rather re-watch an episode of Potomac that I've already seen like that's how thrilling it is to me so I'm happy for you I'm jealous of you and maybe I'll do a 3rd rewatch. in the meantime please comment, like, subscribe to
4: True Romance, give us please. those stars bling bling we please want to continue doing this show forever and we love your support and devin i love you
5: love you carol Aww.
6: Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right.
2: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novela, which is a fancy way of saying a a podcast. podcast.
6: Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9 Love Love at First first listen. Listen.